0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode one one nine of the Talking Talky podcast. I'm going to be hosting today. I'm Tom Vosper, and today I'm joined by Chris Ballard. How are you doing, mate?
1: I'm good, Tom. How are you?
0: Well, all things considered, I think I'm all right. Uh, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. We're gonna. I'm going to try and keep things as uplifting as possible. Um, I appreciate people listening to this. It's a tough time, and you might find the optimism slightly irritating. But I feel like we've got to have some sort of pushback to your potential
1: negativity, Chris. So what? well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you really have to be a masochist to volunteer <laughs> to do this podcast today. You'll notice that it's just <laughs> two of us. We couldn't get three of our yeah. correspondents to show up. Um, yeah,
0: that is very true. Well, we're going to give it our best shot. Um and Chris, you were actually you flew over from the US and you were actually at the Altringham game. Do you want to just talk us through your Oh, the highs and lows of what was a...
1: Well, the highs were everything day. outside the final five minutes of the game. You know, going to the pub beforehand, having dinner afterwards. 85 minutes of the game. Great fun. But ultimately, we were let down by the same shit that we've been doing all year. Um, I thought we started the game pretty well. Um, Moxie, as I recall, got injured in the warm-up. So we had to mm-hmm. have bring, uh, Ben Wyatt play <laughs> instead, who I thought had a pretty decent game. We let you know, we'd always looked vulnerable on the break again. That's something that's happened all season. We don't really have much pace in midfield. They scored after I want to say half an hour. Um,
0: Yeah, I think it was around that, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, the the, the guy was put on the inside left position and he finished past Halstead. From where I was standing, I thought he put it right in the corner, but when I saw the replay, it went right through Halstead. I will have more to say about Halstead later on. Don't worry about that. (laughs) I lean into the camera as if anyone can see me except for Tom. (laughs) Um, But then, after you know, we went 1-0 down. We thought we were pretty good. Second half, we have to get a goal early. We get one through Hall, which is actually a really good finish. Um, You know, the ball comes in. I don't remember if Hannes was from a corner or from, you know, from wide right. Um, His first touch kills it. And the second one, with the toe, it looks like, puts it in the top corner.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a corner and then it sort of bubbles around for a bit, doesn't it? And then it's his, it's his first touch that sort of takes it away from the defender and, like you say, just sort of yeah. toe pokes it.
1: Yeah, it was an improvised. Corner. Very unorthodox. That's yeah. Very and then I would say, what, 10, 15 minutes later, he gets us in front. Again, ball in the box at some point bounces out to him. One touch. He's probably 25 yards out, slightly to the right of goal. Um put it in the bottom corner. I, you know, And we went mental. Like I haven't got to go properly mental for a long time. It was mm-hmm. fun. My mm-hmm. wife who was there was very bemused by the whole thing.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and I was hugging people I didn't really know, or you know, I know them a lot closer now. Um, <laughs> and again, when you see that on the replay, it was a lot better of a goal than I thought it was at the time. I thought mm-hmm. people had done poorly, but it was just really well struck in the corner. And at that time, Even though I think Maidenhead were drawing when that went in, um, we felt, you know, if we win this, then we at least have things to play for this coming Saturday. But alas, um, first minute of injury time, or maybe on the 90th minute, Lawrence gets caught under a high ball, misjudges it, um, and Hall takes the guy down. It was a stonewall penalty. Even though I was 90 yards away, it was a stonewall penalty. Um, and that's the goal because Halstad hasn't got near a fucking penalty in his entire career. He goes down. It's like he's a claymation version of a goalkeeper when he dives. Like he doesn't even fall over smoothly. It's like he. It's just fucking stand If you stand there yeah. in this division, you will get one penalty out of five straight at you or close enough to stick your hand out. If you dive the other way before the guy's even three yards away from the penalty, He's going to put it the other side, and you no, know, I've been supportive of Halstead this season, but he hasn't got close to a penalty, and I also think he could have done better with the first goal. Um, if we'd held on for the win, I wouldn't have been going on about the first goal because it wouldn't have mattered. But it's um, it's depressing to know that as soon as a penalty is awarded the other way, you've got no chance. And given how many penalties we've given away this year, it's not very helpful. Um, I will say most of the team played very well. Um, I think a guy who didn't have a good game was Nico Lawrence. Um he I noticed it against York, actually. He I think he's so full of confidence, which is good for a 19-year-old center half. He tries to get the ball, win the ball first time every time. Sometimes he gets caught under it and they're in behind him. And that's what happened on Saturday. Um, I would prefer the hold to take the guy's knee off a yard outside the penalty area. So at least, the, you know, at least Old have to try and put it in the top corner from there. But unfortunately, Hall is not the most mobile anymore. He, you know, did what he had to, I suppose. But it was, um, so that goal goes in the entire, I think there was almost 400 of us there. Everyone just deflates. Yeah. And we, we tried for a, a winner or, you know, we tried to get the winner late on. Um, one of the most baffling things I've ever seen is Brett McGavin trots on. And trotting is all he can do, let's be honest. We get a free kick 20 yards out. Evans is standing over it. Jarvis, who scored a bucket load, doesn't even look at it. And we let McGavin take it. Like, why, why is the guy who's not been very good this season being allowed to come off cold or come on cold and take the take the free kick? Anyway, you put it wide and we knew we were going home depressed. So, And then we found out that Maidenhead had kept hold of the point or maybe they'd won. I forget now um so we know that it's we're in the realms of uh incredible improbability about getting out of it um even if we weren't playing the best team in the division and probably the division above on saturday we still have no chance of doing it so i don't know if i'm ever gonna go watch the game i think i might go out and play golf and just see what happens when i come home
0: no i think i'm gonna have the exact same attitude on saturday uh it's a later kickoff isn't it sort of half five so it's a bit yeah. more into the evening um yeah so i guess the my view on the ultra game game is just there to sort of repeat what you said it was just just us wasn't it just talky or all, all through and through from this season really um the the penalty that hall gives away he just i just feel like he could have let him go like another yard um he didn't need to commit when he did and then as you say about halstead his his goalkeeping technique when it comes to penalties, I mean, there's lots of pe- um goalkeepers in the world, Tehea mainly, who just is known for not saving penalties. So there's quite a lot of goalkeepers that don't, but it's the manner in which he does it where he sort of goes one way so early that he can then try and readjust himself. And then he's just still stood there, sort of hobbled over, isn't he? But yeah. there's no completely committing to either side, is there? It's just he tries to read it, can't. And yeah, as soon as that went in, it was, I was listening to it and it was, I think deflating is just the perfect word. Um, but I want Maybe to be De Gea as
1: well, I will say like, okay, he's not very good in uh, penalties. He's also facing guys who are getting 200 grand a week, who will put yeah. it in a hundred miles an hour top left corner every time because that's what they're worth. Yeah. Mark Holstead's playing in the Conference League against altering them. Yeah. Like, who them put it somewhere I'm unsavable.
0: Yeah. But he, uh, I don't think he's ever been compared to Jahaya before. So I'll, I'll give him that. Um, yeah. <laughs> you roll your eyes, that's fine. I think I compared
1: um, uh, West Ham player pakatar to uh, Ryan Hansen on Twitter earlier. So,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, right, OK. Which what I think the, was,
1: let's be fair, a bit of a stretch.
0: Right, what were the similarities there? They. I was saying that Paketa has the,
1: taken a long time to settle into English football. And right. I think Hansen next season might be okay because you know he's moved a long way from home he's from dover you know he went to Hull. he went back to dover on a permanent contract so we're still quite far from home and i know and we say it a lot but people find it hard to settle in the area especially people who aren't from the southwest um so i mean gavin i i suspect we'll have a few pods in the summer about who we're signing and who we're keeping um but if the suggestions are true that Hansen and McGavin are here for at least another year, then we have to try and rehabilitate them. I think yeah. both of them have a level of ability.
0: Oh, I, don't I don't know. McGavin no pace. Move.
1: Yeah, he, he, he turns slower than the XMVLDs. I'll use that line again because I've used it before and I'm very proud of it. Um, <laughs> I think Hansen could be good. You don't get to be captain at 21 of a, any professional side without having something about you. Mm. Um, and I would hope that the manager, whoever that maybe can work with both of them and make them into viable players because we need it.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I think they've both got, they're both quite opposite kind of players, aren't they? I feel like Hansen's kind of get around get around the pitch, get some tackles in, whereas McGavin likes to think of himself as a bit of like a Tony Cruz, a bit of like a playmaker, trying to get everything to go through him. However, it has just not worked out. But anyway, what one player I think we do want to keep for next year um, who didn't have a great day, I guess, on on saturday was frank uh new boy new i don't think
1: anyone's ever really asked him how to say his own name
0: no okay frank. we'll give him a new i call him frank so we'll call him frank so yeah. like i was saying he was it was one player that what we got in and as soon as he's come in he's changed everything around but the saturday the saturday miss that he had in the first half um obviously that was the opposite end to where you were did yeah. everyone think it was in when
1: when the cross came in we thought it was going to go in um i think you know and and there is a bit of a delay because it is so far away and we'd had a situation i think five minutes before where we thought it was going the goal no it had gone high and we thought oh that's going in and of course Mm. it's 30 yards away from the goal line because you know (laughs) perspective um it was a bullet header from bullet header from frank but what he needed was a slight glance yeah. Um, so we got the power behind it, but it didn't look particularly close to the goal. Um, no. But, you know, I, I find it hard to criticize Frank. He came into a side that was dead and buried. I mean, we were relegated pretty much when he came in. Um, I think he, the first game he played, we lost at Dagnum, maybe. Yeah, he came off of the home. bench and Yeah, so but nice, then we went, so, you know, on this oh. tear of five games and. It's not just the fact that he's a good hold-up man, which helps Jarvis avoid having two guys around him at all time, You know, because now the defenses have to concentrate on two players. It's also the positivity that he brings. He's very vocal on social media. He's talked about how much he likes being here. You know, the, the work rate that he's putting in, and we don't really get that from anybody at the club. Never mind a guy who's just shown up for a <laughs> very short-term contract. You don't hear that from Osborne. You don't hear that from. Anybody on the management side, you don't even hear that from, well, maybe a social media person, but I feel bad with them anyway. Um, I would like our players to be a little bit more vocal in a public yeah. space. Um, and I think it's to Frank's credit that if he does leave the club in the summer, which I think is likely, I, I will miss him. I, I think he's been a very positive influence. And if we could at least make him an offer, that would be something.
0: Yeah I am certainly one that would also love to have him have him next season I think not only what you say about him being another presence up front I think his his experience and his sort of leadership our game management improved so much isn't it along those along that run um closing games out which obviously we didn't happen on Saturday um but it was kind of back reverted back to what we were before um however that kind of experience if you have that for a season it's going it, to be just invaluable wouldn't it especially in the league below next year which is what we're going to go on to next so we've kind of spoken about the fact that we need a big a big performance on Saturday from both ourselves and Gateshead mm-hmm. uh, it's a seven goal swing um what are the odds do you think on us beating Rexham 5-0 and Gateshead beating um
1: Gateshead beating uh who's at Maidenhead 3-0 Maidenhead Uh, one in a thousand, one in 10,000. Like the chances are very small, but let that, you know, where there'll be a big crowd on Saturday, um, probably mostly Wrexham fans, because I would imagine some of our supporters would have solved their ticket by now. (laughs) Um, But I hope there's a performance that tries to restore some pride, even if we get a 2-1 victory over Wrexham. That will at least give us optimism to go into the off season and it might bring back a few of those people who don't show up very often it might bring them back next season um you know you having won the league on saturday they're probably still drinking now um they have no need to make a big fist of playing us except the fact that they're all professionals and you know i think if if you were maidenhead if you were maidenhead and you saw that we'd beaten wrexham 7-0 you'd be pretty pissed off wouldn't you it's a I bit think like, yeah, be, like Bristol yeah. Rovers and Scunthorpe at the back end of last season in League 2. Bristol Rovers had to get seven goals and they got seven against Scunthorpe. That was incredible. Like, yeah. There would absolutely be some suggestion of max pitching, which would be laughable because we haven't got any fucking money to do it. So <laughs> we, <laughs> could pay, we could pay any Wrexham players to do it. Um, maybe Luke Young will just have a with. word with them. Yeah, all we have to do is concentrate on our game. The Wrexham fans will have a good time because they don't really give a shit if they win or lose. Um, if we can just put in a performance. And if it ends up being the last game for several of these players and potentially the manager, I at least would hope they can go out on a high as much as possible. Um, this season has been very tough. Um, you know, we're one of the four worst teams in, 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 the, in the league because the league table doesn't lie, even though we can say things like, oh, but only if we've beaten them or we've let these goals in. That's the kind of stuff that a relegator side always says. Yeah. You know, and, and, oh, well, Gary time is not this. Well, you score goals in injury time if you're a good team and you concede it in injury time if you're a bad team. That's, the correlation is there. It's not because of Gary time. Um, we've got, you know, we had several signs at the beginning of the season who we thought would work out. They didn't for whatever reason. I do think that anybody who saw this coming before the season started is lying because the majority of us looked at the signs we brought in and thought, you know, well, that's pretty good. I don't think we thought we were going to win the division, but I thought we could become become mid-table and possibly push for the playoffs, which, given the makeup of the division with Notts County and Wrexham and also Chester for spending a lot of money, would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, our plan, perhaps, to, you know, to consolidate this year and go for it next season has uh, not gone well. Um, so... We're gonna be in National League South next year playing Taunton and Western Supermare and Yovel.
0: Yeah. And Yovel, yeah. I think um a few of us would be embarrassed if we, when we listened back to our season preview episode and we all predicted where we we're gonna finish, myself included. I think well I think I had the start to finish fourth or fifth. Um and then I remember seeing us at Bromley in August and we, we were just appalling and we just didn't didn't improve up until however what six, seven games ago. Um and that is where we're that's while we'll be down in the Nationals League South, obviously bar any sort of miracle on Saturday. Um, One thing again to come out of Saturday is the fact that we're, although we're not officially relegated, it has prompted certain Clark Osborne to come out and say some words. Uh, It's been the first time he's said anything since um, Ashton Gate. What did you make of his statement? Because I've got some things to say, I'll just, I'll let you go first.
1: Well, I, I think it's a disgrace that it's taken him almost two years to say something. Um, I still think we're waiting for the long-promised fans forum that was we were told about when he first came in. Um, the, state, the body of the statement itself, I don't mind that much. Um, I think if he didn't say anything until after the season finish, people would pillory him. He would get moaned at either way because he said nothing until now. The fact that he's committed to a full-time budget next, or shouldn't say budget to a full-time squad next season is encouraging because that should at least give us a heads up, if nothing else, on fitness um, for next season. And we saw in the last National League South season that we were getting to teams in the past in the last 20 minutes of games simply because we were full-time professionals and most of them weren't. So in that respect, okay, fine. Don't know what that full-time budget is. You know, mm-hmm. is it a full time budget of people like Ali Omar, who I love, probably wrong-headedly, or is it full time budget on the kind of players like Jamie Reed and Conor Levin Evans, who we had in the Conference South last time around? Um, I didn't understand why he congratulated Wrexham. He shouldn't give a shit about Wrexham. <laughs> I am exactly at least glad he said we're not going to move in. No, nothing about a new stadium. That's um, true. And having an absentee owner is fine if you feel a certain amount of faith that the club is being looked after. He's the custodian of his club. He's not the owner. And he hasn't done enough to suggest that he wants the club to exist beyond his own purposes.
0: Yeah. yeah. I th- I just think that the the timing of it, I know you mentioned he's going get, to um, get abuse either way, but to basically throw in the towel already, we're not officially relegated. Obviously we basically are, are we Ninety-nine 99 down but for a statement to come out now before it's even official is strange um and then to follow that up with pretty basically saying nothing as well saying about us being full-time next year i just think that that is an absolute bare minimum i think that's just uh, we're talking united i think going down obviously we've got our issues in terms of finances but we're not going to go part-time are we like we're just we're Well, the thing
1: is, you say that, and, you know, I I know that I'd heard from a bunch of people this season, once it started becoming apparent that we were in a fight, I saw a lot of what Osman wants. He wants us to go down so he can send us part-time and then he can fold the club. So I think that's a response to those suggestions. Whether or not they were true, I don't know. Um, I wonder what his plans would be if it turns out that we finish mid table next season in the National League South. Will he commit to a full-time squad this season beyond that i don't know um but i i the time the the timing is odd um yeah. I, I think he was gonna get criticized either way so doing it now rather than afterwards i don't think it made the most difference maybe he had you know he felt that he needed to say something um i don't think clark Osman is a stupid man like he's made money at his businesses so i don't think he's gonna be he's He knows what he's doing. Yeah. The problem is what he could be doing is probably not in the best interest of this football club. Um, And if anybody else had been available to buy the club when he did, I think that would have been a better custodian, but no one is coming out the cracks now with the five million pound debt hanging over the club's head. So either we stick with him and then hope we're in a position where someone does want to pay the money or we allow him to do what he wants to do with the club, build this new stadium somewhere, (laughs) make money out of play more and hope that we can keep the club going. Um, Hmm. Nick said a couple of weeks ago, way better than I ever could, but now is the time to join the trust. If you haven't done already, Um, you know, the the trust do have the, the real interests of the club at heart. Um, The trust and the club will be here after whichever charlatan of the year shows up to take over. Um, if that means a Phoenix club in the 11th tier, a la AFC Wimbledon or FC United of Manchester, then we can do that. And I think the, the trust will be important moving forward. Yeah, um, yeah they will be. To see how vital that fan ownership or that fan support is. Mm-hmm. We hate Exeter, obviously. I don't really hate it, but their ownership model is to be admired. Um, yep. And if we can get to that point one day, that would be a goal that's worthy of the trust
0: yeah definitely I completely agree with everything just said um bringing it back to the statement again I agree with you on the Wrexham thing I can't believe he said about congratulating Wrexham it's nothing to do like why, why is he mentioning another team in a in a statement about our relegation it's just unacceptable I think um and then there was no mention of Gary Johnson there was no suggestion of um him staying on next year certainly in this statement we'll get on to what Johnson said today but in the statement itself do you think the absence of Gary Johnson's name in that statement was was telling or do you think it's just something no
1: I I would not be surprised if Osborne has not spoken to Johnson for a couple of months so saying something about him in that statement without having had a conversation with him I think would be unfair Mm -hmm. Uh, um I think we know like Johnson probably should have been fired in, in, in December, right? Like, it was obvious that we weren't doing very well. The recruitment had been poor. The time to get rid of Johnson probably was then. For whatever reason, Osborne didn't do it. So I don't think he's in a rush to do it now. Um, I can see why people, you know, and we all do it. We, we, You know, having spent the last four weeks perusing every single part of the National League table, that bit's gone now. So now we have to dissect every single word in a what was it a 200 word statement from the chairman um i didn't read too much into that um i think if i try and be zen about it if guy johnson is going to stay or guy johnson is going to go we'll find out in due course um and i don't think osborne's statement was intended to be any kind of slight against the manager or it wasn't it also wasn't a vote of support for him either so
0: no it was just silence, wasn't it? And I, that's why I kind of still think that the statement itself was just basically silence, wasn't it? Apart from a few little snippets of information. Um, since then, however, Gary Johnson has uh, done his press call today or press conference, whatever we call it, um, and also reported in Devon Live. He said that he will want to stay on next year. Now, it's not clear whether he's under contract already or we'd have to offer him a new, a new one. Um, But I, for one, think that with the right resources, I can't really believe I'm saying this having got relegated, but with the right resources, I think Johnson is the good man to get us back up. Um, However, I can see the other side that I think we do need to just, we could just clean house, manager gone, half the squad gone, build it up again. Um, And then it's just who then comes in. So for you, million dollar question, would you have Johnson for a season in National League South? next year
1: yeah yeah i would i i, I think and i, I like to say i do understand why people want to get rid of him ultimately the squad being not good enough to stay in this league is on him mm-hmm. um but he has a record no he has won the national league south and from a pretty negative position when he came in we were struggling in national league south so he took the players that gary Arrows had brought in and improved them let a couple of players later on. Um, so I, my question of when people say, let's get rid of the manager who's been the same since, well, probably when people were calling for his head last season, who do you bring in to replace him? Do you take a chance on some manager who's been at a National League South for a while, you know, and we'd be his first real club? Or do you take it? You know, do you try and bring someone else in at the level of Gary Johnson? Because there isn't anybody at the level of Gary Johnson. Nobody in the bottom two divisions, nobody in the National League and the National League South, and probably most of League Two, has anywhere near the CV that Gary Johnson does. Um, So, in that respect, he's probably the strongest candidate to stay. Uh, I think he only is a success if he is given the budget required. And we've we've spoken on other podcasts, about we don't know what the budget is that he was given this year. He will need a budget next year. Um, I also think that Gary Johnson is a draw. And Gary Johnson leaves. I'm pretty sure we'll lose Moxie, we'll lose Hall, we'll lose Jarvis. Nubla definitely won't stick around. I would not be surprised if Holstead goes because he's out of contract. And I think Johnson showed a commendable amount of faith in Halstead, Mostly repaid this season. Um, However, if Johnson wants to stick around, I can see Hall and Moxie staying for another year. I can see there being an arrangement made with Aaron Jarvis to stay. And if he stays, he scores 30 goals next season, by the way. (laughs) Um, So I've said a lot of words to say basically yes, I think Johnson is the best person to have right now. Um, I mean, do you want Frank Lampard? Probably not. Oh, um,
0: absolutely not, no. Yeah. You can't really do, it's got about the same win record as Johnson this season, to be fair to yeah. him. But.
1: And I would love, you know, if there are other managers out there who people think would be great, tell us on the social, because I admit I don't know the National League South as much. You know, I'm not there. I don't know as well as a lot of people. Mm. But mm. I've never heard a name mentioned.
0: No, um, no, I think it's, I think you're right. And in my eyes as well, I think if you were to make a case to not have Johnson... There's a few things that you can consider. And to start off with, I think what he was so good at when he first came in, he just got so much out of the players that he had. And you're right, he did get, get rid of a few, brought a few in, which obviously turned our season around and we won the league. However, the players that stayed on, like, I mean, everyone's going to talk about Jamie Reed for ages. And this year, I don't think he has had the same touch, as he? I don't think there's players that he's that have come in who have then improved. I think we, we had names, I know we've mentioned the Gavin and Hanson who had been relegated last year, but they came in and people thought there's certainly something, there must be something about them. And they don't look like they've, they've kicked on this year at all. Um, And that's one worry that I'd have um, for having Johnson next year. Um, Another one is that over the years, we've really benefited from his, from his contacts. not least his brother, his his son, sorry, at Bristol City and the loanies that we could get, but it seems like that that contact list, those players are starting to run out, and that was very clear this year, wasn't it? We, in times of need, there weren't many players that he had managed in the past who then came in to save the day. I think the main one was was it Dawson that he? I think he managed. Yeah, Dawson has been very. I was
1: very. Unimpressed when he came like, Gloucester mm. city, that's the division that we're looking to go to. He's been very good,
0: he has good like, quality, yeah. So, as
1: I was saying about Moxie and Hall and Halstead and Jarvis, possibly, I feel like if Johnson was to stay, we'd have a pretty decent chance of keeping Dawson mm-hmm. next season, yeah. Um, also, I don't know his contract situation at Gloucester City, but um, I think it would make sense all around. I do see your point about Johnson's and and, and his contact book but also i think his brother is supposed to be the guy recruiting or finding people i don't know know what that dude does all day um (laughs) the issue and uh, on the Hanson and mcgavin point and it's not just about them but on the not having improved players um Mm -hmm. i think what's happened is we found ourselves in a scrap and everything's been focused towards getting out of that shit he hasn't really had time to spend no two hours one-on-one with ryan hansen and, you know, Brett McGavin teaching him how to run fast. It's like walking, dude, but you do it faster. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we also have a right to expect other players to improve further. Like, we saw it last year. Martin was terrible. Dan Martin was mm-hmm. out of the he got sent off, I think, at Havilland, Havilland and Waterlooville in the FA Cup. Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, I think it was something that it? It was really He catchy. didn't play yeah.
1: for, like, 10 games, and it seemed like oh, that's one of the ones that Johnson's going to get rid of when they're going to see him again. He came back and he was, I don't want to say brilliant because he's still a National League player, but he was very good. Yeah. And coming into this season, we thought this is the guy. Does his Achilles or whatever it was, and now he has long COVID. Like, that's unlucky. You can't blame the manager for that. Similar thing, I think, could happen with Hanson and McGavin and possibly even Dylan Crow, who seems to be mm-hmm. the forgotten man because, you know, he when he came in, We thought, oh, we can play through at the back. We're going to have Nye on the left, Crow on the right, really quick players who can go forward and theoretically should be able to defend a little bit. Didn't work out that way, but I still think Crow has a chance of being a decent player. He's not going to play for England, unlike he did when he was 15. But (laughs) I don't think players suddenly become crap. Um, You know, we saw with Armani Little how long it took him to become... A player that we all knew he could be. Some of that was injury, but some of that was just he wasn't playing very well. Um, yeah. And I would rather have Gary Johnson have a full preseason with this group, plus, you know, probably five or six new guys, plus maybe mm. one or two loans. Um, I think the reason that we've been unfortunate with loans, we've had loan guys come in and they haven't been very good. They all, they, like James Crow. what happened to that guy? Like no. He came never played <laughs> we had you know we had nelson is yeah. you know he played half was terrible so and i accept that's that's a problem with the loan market if you're going to the loan market it's because you need some help yeah. and you kind of have to take what you can get the ones we had towards the end pretty good evans i thought was very good towards the end of the season um collins has been great since he came in dawson the loan that we've already spoken about um Nico Lawrence, a revelation despite, I think, the last few games, he struggled a little bit, and stops from Oldham. Like, if we'd had those guys from the beginning, we wouldn't have been anywhere near the danger that we were in. But the fact that it took seven months of a nine-month season to figure that out is the reason or one of the many reasons that we're going down. Um,
0: yeah, the I think the system, system
1: the- shouldn't be used to build squads. It should be, oh shit, we had a left back in Dan Martin. Now he's injured. We don't have any cover. Okay, well, let's best bring somebody in. Yeah, um, we used the budget, I suppose, to bring in Ben Wyatt when we probably would have preferred to use that on the striker. But after it turned out that Corey Andrews didn't know his arse from his elbow, so
0: yeah, yeah, it's kind of a testament, really, isn't it, to the the last seven games or so that we're sat here and we're sort of discussing players that we'd quite like to see in a talkie shirt next season um, had. We've been having this conversation. I suspect in February, certainly January. We wouldn't want any of them, would we? If we knew we were getting relegated, to that squad, I don't think any of them <laughs> we'd have been particularly no. keen on next year. However, the the run certainly made it exciting the last the last few weeks. It's a shame that it's ended how it has. Um, barring again a miracle, I said I was going to be positive. So barring a miracle on on Saturday. Um, I think on the point of Johnson, again, and if he does leave, um, one option, obviously, we have an experienced manager similar to Johnson who comes in, takes over the reins. Alternatively, we have a sort of younger a younger coach given a first chance. Um, I think I mentioned during the week about having someone similar to Paul Buckle, someone like that, who hasn't managed before. We give them a chance. Obviously, he had quite a bit of money to help him out, but something like that could be quite... Exciting, I think. It obviously could go either way, and probably yeah, not. I
1: I but agree with you. And you you did say it about buckle. Like buckle had a significant budget. Yeah, yeah. And it was also at a time where there weren't half a dozen other teams with a significant budgets. As I recall, the way he did it was he went to every other national league club and said, "Who's your best player? Because we're going to take him." <laughs>
0: yeah, that was basically. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was the plan, wasn't it? And I
1: don't think we're going to have. Okay, National League Southwise, even if we have a small budget for Talk United, it'll be more than most people's budget in that division. But if we're back in the National League, at any point, you know, the season after next, we're not going to have the budget that other teams will have, even you know, assuming Notts County and Chesterfield aren't there by then. Because teams coming yeah. down from the, from the Football League will have these things. So, um, And all, again, it's all very well saying, a manager like Paul Buckle... But no one said the name of the guy they would choose. No one said. Oh, no, yeah. I, I've, I'm, no. Not, I'm not sitting not with Watt. any sort of suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know, there's a guy at Western Super Mayor. His name is Brian, somebody. I don't know. I made that up. He's yeah. the guy who you choose. Okay, great. Well, now there's a name that I can go and find out about. But saying yeah. vague attitudes about people who could be good and they have this and that means nothing if you haven't actually got a, a candidate in mind.
0: No, I don't absolutely don't have a candidate in mind. I think I was more thinking on the lines of having a, someone who's a coach at some either like a League One club or a League Two club who we want to give a shot to. Um, looking at, for example, I know it's higher up, but Ipswich Town, their manager, they he was a coach just at Manchester United, dropped two levels to be the manager, and that's worked out brilliantly. Um, again, I'm not <laughs> no point saying that it was guaranteed to work. I just think there's two viable yeah. options for next season um and I for one I'm looking forward to the away days at Western Supermare and hopefully Dulwich Hamlet I'm not sure if anyone's keeping track of the relegation battle at the moment in the National League South but Dulwich Hamlet is a great away day and it's gonna go to the final day for them to stay up um you're obviously back in the U.S. will you be flying over for some exciting games in the National League South next season do you think?
1: My intention is to keep, you know, keep coming back and watching games for as long as it's financially viable. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I'm not going to switch to Plymouth like I know some of you fuckers will be in Devon. Like, oh, I'm going to go all Championship football next year. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I will come over as much as my time and finances allow. I did actually have a conversation with my wife this, this past week and she said, why do we have to go in April? It's really cold. Why can't we go in July? I'm like, well, I'm not going to pre-season when the pre-season games are going to be better than National League South. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I will come over. Like you say, it could be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun if the team is good. And one final word on, well, one word on Gary Johnson I will say is if, we get 10, 12 games in and we're where ours was with us, then he has to go. Osborne oh, sure. has to be prepared for that eventuality. He has to say to Johnson, let's just say Johnson says, I'm going to stay. Osborne has to say, OK, but your job is to win this division. We don't even want to have to go through the playoffs if we can help it. We, we, we would like to be 15 points clear in March and basically on the beach before anybody, you know, before Easter, because I, for one, don't want the stress it's very stressful no, I- I'd forgotten how stressful it is being a Talking United supporter I was at the York game a couple of weeks ago and it was great but it was also awful and I got home and I synced my Fitbit with my app and it said you've been stressed today maybe you should, you should meditate more
0: <laughs> meditate more well I mean yeah. that's good advice to be fair isn't it
1: yeah but like if my watch knows that I've had a stressful day watching Talk United it's probably too stressful
0: that was a very stressful into the game wasn't it and all <laughs> for nothing in the end as well <laughs> ultimately
1: that's the case yeah
0: um for the record as well I was going to try and blame chris for our our draw and our defeat um because he came over to watch the games however he was obviously at the york game um so I'm going to blame myself i didn't cut my hair for the five wins that we had and then i got a haircut and then we haven't won since and at the time i didn't want to get my hair cut and now I know. Why didn't you no, tell
1: me about this earlier, Vos, But We could have saved up 45 minutes of us asking why we have got relegated and we could just pinned it all on you.
0: There it is. And obviously everyone at home, you can't see my echo, but Chris, can you appreciate that it, it at least looks good? Can you at least give me that?
1: You're asking the bald guy whether you're heading... <laughs> Yes, Tom, it looks very good. Looks like a lot of work to come every day, which is not a problem I have, I have <laughs> <head> back here. <laughs>
0: uh, well, it's been... It's been a roller coaster of a season, mainly a lot of downs. Um, looking ahead, I guess we've we've got the game on Saturday. I think we've said how we think that's going to go. When do you think we're going to start to hear, firstly, Johnson's decision, and then also release players? Is that are they going to do that quite quickly? Do you hope, or is it? I think, I think they need to.
1: I think, and I think this is a fairly early finish to a season. I don't remember when it was last year, but. Um, I would like them to come out on Monday and say, look, assuming we're relegated, which I think we all know we will be, right? Okay, these players are under contract. One, two, three, four. These players we've offered contracts to. One, two, three, four, five, whoever it might be. These players will be released. These players have going back to their loan clubs. Gary Johnson staying. Yeah. That would be a statement from Clark Osborne that I would appreciate.
0: Yeah, because it actually has some information in it. It actually has some yeah.
1: value. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it'll be, what, the 1st of May, I think, Monday? Contracts don't start until the 1st of June. I would like there to be first week of June, an influx of players, and I would like them to be training hard as a team, as a squad, before the season. You know, okay, eve of the squad, eve of the season, you bring in a lone player or two, fine. But I would like... If they're going to do that stupid manic Monday and whatever it was called before, do it in June. You know, get these guys in in June. Give them a chance to form a team together on the training field, training pitch. Mm-hmm. to isn't it? Um, and then that way we can come out swinging in the first game away at, I don't know, Devon General, bus drivers, whatever yeah. wherever it might be. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. As long as yeah.
0: we hammer someone in pre-season and Jarvis is still there and scoring five or six.
1: Yeah, and That's I I want us to come out first three games, nine points, score fifteen goals. Yeah, you know, and possibly unlikely, but I think in this division teams are going to be you know we're going to be a cup for a lot of teams next season. Um, yeah, you know I think Yeovil and us will be in the south, but Maidstone could well be you know they're in they're not exactly northern are they? So there'll be a team in the south that has to get moved to the north. I would think, but. Yeah, though for tw- at least twenty-one other teams, we are going to be the team that they want to be, which means that we can afford to fuck around in training. We we can afford to be anything but ultra professional, which is what Johnson got us doing when he came in last time. Yeah, right.
0: He um he certainly benefited, didn't he, from the I think the win against Hungerford, and then we played someone in the FA Cup, didn't we, in the first qualifying round or something? Limington, was it? Hammered them seven nil. And we're on our way. That's what.
1: Yeah, I think his first game was uh, Woking at home, wasn't it? And I, you know. No, he, I
0: think it was. Um, was a way. At, was it, I think it was Hungerford, and we won one 0 or two nil. Uh,
1: I thought and we played Woking, we were, and we were two 0 down. And we came back to two two. Well, Doesn't matter. There. I wasn't there. Um, we but can yeah, fight over we, <laughs> we, we want to be properly professional. We want. Yeah. I, I think it's on us to sweep everything in our path early on. And basically say, look, we know we've won the league. We haven't got the points yet, but you know we're going to win the league. We know we're going to win the league. Why would you even bother showing up? Because if we get drawn into a fight, we could struggle.
0: And that's that's words to live by. That is, I think we should. Then um, that's definitely going to be the motto for next season. I think. Yeah. That needs to be um, needs to be written up in the changing room, Ted Lasso esque, on the, above the door for people, for the players to walk out and tap as they come yeah. out and play more. Right, I think we've done it all, I think, um, unless you had any other business. Um,
1: I did want to ask people to fill out uh, P's survey. Uh, she's studying for an MBA, which is sounds awful, honestly. But you no, know, she's asked if you have studied or taught at a UK higher educational institution to fill out her anonymous survey on uh, contract cheating, mm-hmm. which I didn't know what that meant until I read the thing. Um, Football-wise, it's basically paying someone to do the, to do the work for you. No. Oh, okay. Oh, I've got a paper due next week. Here's twenty quid. Can you write it for me? Right. Okay. Um, I mean, that's a massively simplified thing, but right. Okay. Yeah. And apparently, it's quite common. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the football side, yeah, you're excellent. Nobody gives a shit. It's not a fucking fairy tale story. You've got more yeah. money than anybody else in the world. You've got TikTok sponsoring you. You made a quarter of a million quid out of fucking streaming in the first month. It's not an achievement.
0: Yeah, get them gone. Get them into the Football League and then Notts County to follow them, at least when we come back up. then.
1: Well, you know, I would there. actually prefer Notts County to fail spectacularly in the playoffs, get beaten by Barnett. They can go up next season when we're not in the division. I don't care. <laughs> But let's give them one more kick in the balls. The Grimsby one was hilarious last season. Let's make it Barnet this yeah, time. Yeah,
0: Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, is that everything then? Are we?
1: Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I feel like I've spoken yeah. too much today, so that's definitely everything.
0: No, so we'll obviously be back with you for an episode after the Wrexham game. And I'm sure we'll put together our squads for next season react to any sort of manager changes and certainly squad changes so make sure you still stay with us for the summer um thank you very much chris it's been it's been enjoyable surprisingly
1: wow what do you mean surprisingly it's me everyone everyone oh no, been... no, no no oh I you mean surprisingly the considering the fact that we've been relegated into basically part-time regional football apart from that that's yeah. exactly right yeah well thank you i, I have enjoyed myself and um, I'm hoping that we can do some podcasts next season with a little bit more upbeat uh, presenters, yeah. And maybe we can get three of them, because if we win a game, they all come calling out the woodwork, don't they?
0: I think we've even had four on before, haven't we? When, that's ridiculous. When things were yeah. going really well. But yeah. People have to make do with just us two, won't they, for this one, but that's fine. Yeah.
1: Well, we are the good-looking people in the group, as everyone knows. So Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, thank you very much, Chris. And thank you, thank you very much for listening, everyone.